Welcome to This Is Not A Green Room, the podcast where we talk to friends and comedians of New York Comedy Club. And I just looked over and for a minute thought our guest was asleep. Uh, <laughs> Close to it. Uh, Rel Battle is our guest today. Yeah, He's son. his second appearance <laughs> on second? the podcast. It is my second appearance. Right. I mean, you might have been on more than once before but it was probably when it was a circus of too many people yeah uh i was a guy in a room now it's all about me yeah uh you got nick and amy with you this week hey everybody and uh we're gonna see how this goes because nick said to me about five minutes you have you've known Ralph longer i'll let you steal the steer the ship but also like right now my throat is killing me and so we'll see how far I get without coughing bro, and dying. Take it over for your am partner, I, bro. Might, All right. uh, I'll just I'll just I grab just the leave it on I'll next. grab the wheel. You know cuz we don't thing, know a lot about so that works better that way. But one thing I did want to bring up I I don't know why this popped into my head on the way over here. But uh your debatiness and I was thinking about that story you told me about how you like how your dad would let you do anything. Like your dad's rule for if you wanted to do something. Yeah. My dad, um, he, um, he, uh, yeah, he was like, <clears throat> you had to be able to explain your reasoning for whatever. My father's a very, uh, he could see two sides of every situation. I don't know what, that's just who he was, which kind of, in a sense, invokes my comedy, in a, in a sense, my, my type of style of comedy. So no matter what we had, if we could explain it, we could get away with it. And he was just, you know, as a 10-year-old, he's just an adult. He's smarter than me. So I would lose every time. But it, it got us in the place of having to look at both sides, be able to explain yourself, almost like a lawyer. So my, my mom and I had a lot of issues growing up because a parent just says, do what I say. Mm-hmm. And I needed to explain. I needed an explanation. I needed a reasoning. It had to make sense. And a lot of times, parents don't care. They just want silence. So if she couldn't explain to me why I had to wash dishes on a day that wasn't my day, it would cause an issue. So it kind of just... It kind of grew in me. And now it, sometimes it goes a little too far. Did that, uh, did that like make you into like a salesman? And that, I feel like that's a salesman tech, like how to practice being a good salesman. It's like, well, why should I buy this? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why you should buy this. Pencil. Not a salesman, more or less a lawyer. Yeah. More or less, a, um, uh, you see, when you, which is a kind of a curse. You see both sides of every issue. You know what I mean? Which I can even defend stuff that I probably wouldn't agree with. But I if, do the same thing. If somebody has a bad argument, it's more important for me to, 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 to challenge their argument, even if I agree with them. Which is, which gets, yeah, just for fun, Rel, sometimes in the middle of a, of a, a pretty like heated conversation back and forth. We'll take the other side. I'm the same way, which means this podcast could get real interesting. Yeah. But if you have a bad argument, you have a bad argument, even if I agree with you. That's why yeah. me, and, me and Robbie slowly, we get along so well, because we're kind of, I think we're kind of similar in that way. We, we kind of always agree, actually. Probably why. <laughs> so, yeah. My dad's, yeah, my dad's. like Robbie is like almost hyper rational. Like yeah. he's very rational about things. Yeah. Even to a point where it's like, even if his own self-interest necessarily, you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes I'm like, Wow, you're you're kind of a robot person, huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. So I mean, I am a too. Robot. But that causes that causes me a lot. But that causes a lot of issues in relationships, a lot. Yeah, because because <laughs> sometimes you just gotta let things go when you're with your partner. And yeah, I just, and I just like, but it's not right. I need I need fairness. I need right. I need uh, I need more mo- morally right. Sometimes that doesn't matter when it comes to your mate or your parents. You know what I mean? This has to be right. Doesn't matter. I I've had that similar situation as like. So me and my girlfriend will be like her family's in town, and what's his name? Uh, good one, uh, Chuck. Um, wait, hey, it's 2019. Yeah, that joke's not funny thing. anymore. Do you think, bro? I was like, yeah, but his name is Claudia. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we like her family was was in town, and they were asking like, what should we do? And like, <clears throat> I have this rational, efficient way of thinking. Like, why would we go 
to 4th Street now when we have to be that area in three hours. Yeah. So why don't we just go waste time here? Yeah. And everyone's looking at me. And like when, you know, the dust was cleared, she she's like, don't call me out in front of my family. Like, why would you do that? And I'm yeah. like, why would I do that? Because it didn't make any sense. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but you know how that makes me look? I'm like, yeah, it makes you look dumb. That's yeah. why I called you out. And it was like a big fight. She's like, you realize that you're calling me dumb right now. And I'm just, all I'm asking is, I'm like, but it wasn't efficient. And we have to, we can't do, we can't work like can't, Yeah, we can't be efficient. Because we're, be like, we're yep. specific type of people. And right or wrong, uh, we have to have more compassion. I'm learning, I'm learning that compassion. Yeah, like that. compassion is, that's something you got yeah. to work on. I don't know if this is like a gender thing or what, but it's funny because like my version of being a little bit of a robot person like the best example of that is almost the opposite of like if I make a mistake, I can explain to you down to a detail how it happened. Yes. Do you can. know what I mean? Yes, like, oh, do you know what? Because this thing happened and then I thought this was going to happen and then that changed and then this happened. And then there was 30 minutes where someone was taking my attention away and I forgot about all about the whole thing. And that's where we ended up here. Amy's very analytical. Oh, yeah. Me, Amy, me, Amy, we've never had a fight. We, no. never, we always got along. It's funny, too, because we'd be at the store and I love arguing with rel not like because we're actually upset yeah, or, yeah. or like on opposite sides it's just fun to do it just we used to bake comedy so that's what we really yeah and so like really talk about. and people would be like holy shit how are you guys living together you guys are fighting all the time and like other fun. people i'd watch yeah. not understand when they were talking to you like one you're not gonna win and two just have fun because he might change his mind in the middle of and, it and two and I, it's I was be... i was living with her and there's no fight it, yeah. if she says you gotta go you gotta go so I was <laughs> like, I watch, I watch other people like because you know he'd just like say something a little bit incendiary like like i'd walk in the door one day and he'd literally just go to me and goes why don't you like female comedians you don't like any female comedians and like that would start the conversation and uh like that is obviously not accurate yeah and so like, but it didn't bother me. But other people, like if he said something like that to like another comic who's hanging it, like, oh, you just do all the hack jokes Chris D'Elia threw away or whatever. They like lose their mind and they get like apoplectic. And they try I said to that argue. to somebody? I'm just using an example. Oh. You didn't say that specifically. Okay. I'm just picking I'm say I love Chris. Uh, <laughs> I defend Chris more than anybody pretty much. No, that's not against Chris. That's against someone like taking oh. Oh, yeah, 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 his yeah. leftover jokes yeah, yeah, that he yeah, doesn't yeah. want to do. Anyway. Yeah. That's a lot of that going on too. Uh, and See, the good people don't argue with me. We just have a <laughs> yeah. else. I, I get this, I get that a lot too. It's like, real. I don't know if you're a sports guy or not, but mm -hmm. you know, when I'm with my buddies that I know that we can have a good argument about, like I'll just bring up a topic that I don't even think is you know, like perfect example. Last night the Washington Nationals won the World Series the year yeah. after their star went left, and got yeah. the big, big, big money. Well now, here's the argument. Why if you're an owner, why would you ever spend that money on someone? You don't need them. And that's an argument. We yeah. can go around the table and say this, say that, say that. Mm -hmm. But if you do that with the wrong group, then... <laughs> they get offended. Yeah, well, they don't even offend, but then they start thinking you're... Like, that's your opinion. Like, yeah. I'll bring up stuff just to talk it out. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's the guy who thinks... But that thing is, like, uh, is provocative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know I have a reputation for being, you know, uh, argumentative or whatever, because, but <laughs> it's also, you know... Everybody remembers we have great conversations. I just like to, I'm interested in what people what people think. That's got to be beneficial though for your joke writing. Of course, 100. Because I know, haven't lost friends because of it at all. I mean, one of the yeah. one of the one of the things that you learn when you start writing jokes is like, especially jokes that it's funny. It's a funny concept. You know, it's got legs, but you just can't get the audience to relate to it. One of the things you do is just you flip the point of view of the joke. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone who can constantly see different points of view. 
that's got to be beneficial when you're writing jokes. Yeah, that's what that, to me. That's the funniest stuff to pick an un, unpopular opinion mm-hmm. and make it funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's to me that's the funniest thing because then it's easy to say, yeah, I support Colin Kaepernick, blah blah blah. Everybody, most people that I'm around, especially in California, New York, you know, but to flip it and say, well, I, this is why I disagree. Which is can piss people off, but if you can find the funny in that, the funniest is, is a heavier laugh to me. Yeah, that's kind of my kind of my favorite stuff. That's a good that's a good example too, because that's definitely one where I was I and was I, and I, I was I, taking both sides of every like every possible point of view from that whole situation. I was like arguing, and then by the end of it, no one's like, "Well, wait, so you don't?" I was like, "No, no, no." Just to clarify, I'm for what he's doing, but yeah, and I can tell. Yeah, I'll I'll totally agree. But this debate because of a bad argument. Even if you agree with me, I just leave, you know. But that's just me. And I've been, you know, people, people, have, people have shut me up with stuff like that. So, but you know, it depends who you talk to. Everybody doesn't want to have those type of conversations, man. Yeah, that's just my type of stuff I'm into. Some people are potheads and just want to smoke weed all day. Some people are all about sports. I like to talk about a bunch of other stuff and see where people's heads at. <laughs> Challenge people. Do you ever? Well, do you ever get into arguments with people that are very similar, and you're just both kind of like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that, and it's just almost like, no, get get angry, and like let's actually debate this, and it's just like, nah. I don't want to get angry, but I want to have yeah. a, a, a good conversation. I mean, comics don't do anything but stand. I, we only work fifteen minutes a night. We really, <laughs> when you really break it down, that's yeah. all we really do. And so we have a lot of free time. We're at the club all day, so we'll do that. Like me, like like man, if me and Godfrey, people don't want to see that. That just that just goes on, man. So um, it's just we're we're hanging out. What else are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Stuff's going on, so but I don't. People don't get too heated. People kind of they you know it's it's always fun at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's every green room. A lot of the time, is just like someone throws out an idea and everyone kind of tosses around their riffs and their whatever. Yeah. Which is interesting though too, because you're like, oh, we only work 15 minutes a night, but like almost every conversation you have or everything you do is in a sense like research. Yeah. Like, yeah, it true. could end up being a joke. That's true. My stuff, that's, it's always turned, like, I should think a million comics. People, like, having those conversations, my, it's always inspires comedy. always comes out somewhere. I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it like that. You know, you're giving me tags without even knowing it. Yeah, exactly. That's why, I mean, talking things out and just arguing and just and poking fun at everything, even if you're like, you know, there's things that I hold dearly to my heart, but nothing's above a joke yeah you know poke fun at it and the next thing you know it's like oh that's actually pretty goddamn funny yeah so yeah yeah that's a i mean that's i'm not one of these comics like uh, i don't mean to cut you off i'm not one of these comics who's like you know this is a this is a sensitive time now this is very cancel culture whatever i I think this is the best time for comedy because the cream is going to rise to the top i actually like the fact that you can get canceled for saying something or not that you can cancel but people will get mad at you and want to kill that that seth simmons dickhead dude like i actually like the era we're in where is where you really got to be good now because the wrong joke could hurt you for real. Yeah. So I actually, I actually think it's kind of cool. It makes you have to be doper personally. You know what I mean? Um, only shitty comics are really worried about it. Good comics aren't really tripping off of that shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Like good comics aren't tripping off. If I say something, they're just like, whatever, I don't care. You know what I mean? You don't see the vets thinking about that. So um, people who are, who are already afraid, Afraid to make certain type of jokes, they're the only ones who are nervous about it. People who already, you know, talk to a Schultz or Akash or certain people, are like I'm gonna tell my jokes, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's what comedy is. So the the audience, the thing, the great thing we have to look back at is the audience is on our side. You know, the, four bloggers tweet something and four thousand people read it. People assume that's how the world feels. No, 
the world is like, say what you want, and it just has to be funny. Obama talked about it yesterday. That's yeah. a little thing. Say what you want has to be funny. Now, the problem is, if you say it and it's not funny, you can get your ass ate up. Yep. But I think that's the challenge to, to, uh, to rise above the fray. You know? Yeah, that's, a, that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand, and it's, almost, it's good that they don't understand it because that's what separates the audience from the comic is when it's new and it's, for a better word, dangerous, you know, you have to figure out how to say it. it's almost exactly what I brought up. It's a puzzle. It's like what I said earlier. It's like, okay, I'm, I know this is funny. And if I say it the right way, everyone's going to be like, yes, that is funny. Yeah. But maybe you have to realize how to change the point of view of the joke. So it yeah. doesn't seem so abrasive or offensive, but you got to get on stage and say it to people before you figure that out. Well, not every audience is going to hear that finished bit. Of course. And you're going to come across as, oh, my God, that was pretty awful what you just said. And then you as a comic, like, oh, yeah, shit, I got to I gotta rework this joke because now I look like an asshole. But that's cream rises to the top. If A good comic is going to figure that out. That's what, that's, what the, that's what the whole puzzle is. Bill Burr had that bit in his, uh, his special about Michelle Obama, and then they talk about how first doing it, comics tell me that when he's first doing it, it wasn't coming over because she's one of the most loved people in the world. And he had to... Work it and turn it and turn it and change it and eventually became a part of his his hour special on Netflix. So um, I, I look forward to those puzzles, man. That's the scary. That's why I'm so excited because it's like it was scary now. Comedy's dangerous again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to really, you got to you know you can risk it all. Shane Gillis, you can risk a lot of stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So well, I uh, go ahead, Amy. I will say though. So I've been kind of espousing the same thing where I'm like, the internet makes you think things are real that are not yes. real. I work in a club every day. Every day I see audiences having a good time. Yes. You know, some people don't like some things because that's just, you can't make 140 people all happy at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, I feel like it's starting to trickle in because there is a thing about like, well, perception becomes reality. Uh, and this is leading a little bit into, well, I think this woman was perhaps just mentally disturbed and there were some other things. There was a lady that took exception with uh, was it what was it you were saying like it always me well, but over but, but she took exception for four people before me. That's true. So it wasn't just me. She was already upset. So she was already gonna be like, "This is what I tell people all the time." Eighty um, percent of the audience. That's all you got to make laugh. There's gonna always be people who are not gonna like. I don't care who you are, unless they're coming to see you. Even if they come to see you, it was some gay people who didn't like what Chappelle was saying in his special when he goes on stage at the comedy store or whatever. It's going to always be a small percentage who's not going to like it regardless. Patrice O'Neill is a prime example. He would walk, send people to show. Mm -hmm. So you cap 80% of the audience is what you need to be successful. Somebody's going to always find a problem with, I don't like dogs, whatever the hell. <laughs> you just can't, you just can't worry about that. They're going to be upset, but that's common. That's why we have this true art form. There's people... Look at um, Rotten Tomatoes. They trash Chappelle special. Yeah. Find me one person who didn't like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The audience was the trash shit on the Rotten Tomatoes, but the popcorn, the audience was like 99%. That's, and that's a the great point about what Amy was saying and like Rotten Tomatoes, like the internet, it's, it's the new boogeyman. Yeah. Like the offended millennial, that's that's a made up person. I don't want to call it millennial. I want to call it it's Generation X. It's all of us. Well, whatever the generation, generation is, the, 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 the outrage, the internet outrage, it's not real. Yeah, I, I read an article like millennials are now upset over Seinfeld. And then I was like, I don't know a single motherfucker who thinks Seinfeld is offensive. You don't, know, no, Listen, they no. don't exist. It's a made up boogeyman. This is the thing. No, it, I did the, I will, I will, we're going to debate. Here we go. Yeah. 
I think it does exist, but it's not as strong as people think it is. Yeah. They're there. They're definitely safe space shows. They're definitely shows that if you say these things, people will kick you out. You know, we had our friend Byron. I was just thinking about that. Byron, <laughs> my, my boy Byron said bitch, and it became an issue. So they do exist, but they're not. They're not. We don't. They're not powerful. For some, like, if you if you write for Vulture magazine, mm-hmm. Vulture is respected. Split side these are respected uh, comedy blogs. If one person has an opinion, mm-hmm. right, and writes a blog about this is why this special isn't funny, this is offensive, people read it and pass it and ch- trade it. So it looks like oh, this is how people feel. No, it's that's not. how that one person felt, and maybe a few other people felt, but the vast majority. Could care less. Joker was getting shitted on. Like, it's just, you shouldn't hit this on. Joker made, Joker's the number one R-rated movie of all time. It beat... Um, Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool. And it's, Deadpool's an action movie. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, the people are behind it. You're going to have people who get upset, but those people... Now, the difference is, those people have power now through blogs, because blogs can go to a million people. And there are comics who, who support... Uh, that too, because their comics are coming up, and they're like, "Yeah, stuff is too going too far." So the difference is, comics are speaking out what they think is too far, which I disagree with them. I think they're bitch ass comics, but I also agree they have you have the right to be upset about certain things. I, I think that's fine. But I think the majority of it, well, maybe not the majority, maybe I'm, I, I don't know, but there's a thing going on. Like, so you're that blogger for whatever publication, and you're actually not offended or upset by anything. It's clickbait. Because it's advertising. Everything's advertising rules the world. Always has. Always I, will. You know what? I think I, I think people are. I got no. I know comics. I know people who are. I know people who really get offended by almost everything. That's that's just a generational thing, probably. That's just people who've always wanted to but couldn't say anything. You know, there's a fear in comedy. Whereas I don't want to speak out. That's why Louis was able to do a lot of stuff for so long because people are afraid to speak out. So there's like this. I think I had to say this, this all comes from Louis. I really believe this because people. So many comics were suppressed. So it's like, now nah, I'm going to say everything I don't like. I don't like that Dave Chappelle said this. I don't like this. I think they have the right to say that. My only issue is I don't think comics call for other comics jobs. You want to say, I don't like this special, blah, blah, blah. I don't even care about that on Twitter. Do your thing. But I don't think you should call for somebody's job. Like Shane, I didn't like the comics call for his job. Yeah. Even if I disagree with what he did. Yeah, I agree with um, that. And my, I mean, coming up in comedy, Amy knows this in the store, we shit on each other in the green room. Mm-hmm. That special was trash. He sucks. He's hack. We should we kept it in house, kind of. You know what I mean? I think the people should be allowed to cancel and to protest and to hashtag fuck this. Guy. I think the people have the right to not like something. That's their power. It's a freedom of speech. I think comics have a, it's an unwritten rule in my heart that we keep our shit in house. If we don't like something, we keep it there. We don't call for each other to lose their jobs. On a, we know how hard it is to work in this industry. Now people can totally disagree with that. That's just my personal philosophy. A lot no. of comics I don't like. I think a ass. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna put on you know online like that. No, I think that's a. I think that's a great rule of thumb, and I think that's kind of like you said how it always used to be. But now, it's just that's how you get attention. If I if I went on Twitter right now and be like, you know who I don't like? I don't like Rail Battle, and I think Rose Battle's shit. I'm not. I'm not a lot of that out there. I'm not not doing that because I. I'm not doing that because I legitimately think I hate Rail so much. It's because. Attention's on me, on me, on me, on me. But on I me. think there's both. I, I yeah. think I think you're right about a lot of things, um, and like there literally is at a very high level. There's this idea now of chaos entrepreneurship that yeah. basically like, oh, if I seed dissension, everyone makes money, mm-hmm. and it's true. 
And also, God, it fucking drives me crazy the number of times I've tried to explain to comedians, like, if you don't agree with something, don't share it and say, this guy's a fucking idiot because that just feeds the algorithm mm-hmm. and it, that person's, you're making that person money that you disagree with. But I do think there are, there really are people that are offended and there are people, you know, like I'm wildly liberal and so there are things that like I do see reflected in pop culture, whether it be comedy or TV or whatever, that it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you should, we, I'm glad we live in a time where we speak out about this, blah, blah, blah. But then it does you know, the way capitalism kind of has ruined journalism and all of the media, anything to do with comedy, it's the same thing. Like it's kind of metastasized into this clickbait format driven, you know, you've, we got to find someone who hates this and is offended at the thing. Someone gets a job. This fucking Seth guy is going to go through everything you've ever done and, and find. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't, like I said, like you said, I can't um, downplay people's emotions. If you were a woman that got raped and you go to a comedy club and you hear a rape joke, you know, you're going to feel some kind of triggering in that. I get that. You know what I'm saying? Black comics are super sensitive about white comics do certain jokes about slavery or whatever. But I understand people's perspective. I'm I'm so comedy all day. I feel like anybody can say whatever the fuck they want mm-hmm. as long as it's funny. I might be alone in that. I know there's comics with me, but we all have our different levels. But at the same time, this didn't. This has always been going on. Blogs run around. People used to picket, you know, uh, uh, Richard Pryor. They used to picket. Uh, Eddie Murphy said he stopped because they used to pick at him so much when he was doing gay jokes. I mean, this isn't new. Marzal, this has been going on for a very, very long time. The difference is when people have access to, comp- everybody's on Twitter so you can yeah. see it more. Everyone's so opinion is, is readily accessible. People, people, yeah. They are, are accepted as valid. And yeah. also you can, you can quickly do it. You don't have to get in your car, make a sign, yes. go somewhere. It's, you just it's simple like it. that. I'm sitting on the subway waiting for the train and I can... Walk. If I got 50 million followers because I'm some celebrity and I say this is whatever, but 50 million people, it's going to trend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't new. I yeah. feel like comics just... I feel like comics should stop bitching about it so much. And I think a lot of it is... And here, I'm going to do something that I tend to do often on this podcast and I'm going to bring yes, up... I'm bitching about I'm going to bring it, up pro wrestling. Uh, there's a phrase in wrestling. It's called... It's, it's a work. Yeah. It's all work. So same example I just used. Rel, I could go and I could go right now and be like, yo, Rel Battle is a is a terrible comic. And you can respond on Twitter like, yo, who Nick Angelo, he he's a punk ass bitch. Yeah. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, me and you are doing this together, building up to this thing that we're creating. Yeah. So in February twenty twenty at Roast Battle, it's Nick Angelo versus Rel Battle. Oh, and everyone's like, oh shit. I think that's happening a lot more than people because people are dumb. I think more people are mad though. I tr- I truly Do believe, you? I truly I truly believe more people I think that that's really definitely a part of it. I definitely think more people are upset because you can be open. I, you know, this is Trump stuff. Trump's made people they're a little bit more raw with their emotions as well. I think people are overcompensating for Trump, by the way. That's a lot, why of, it's like, a lot of it. Let's nip it in the bud now. This guy said something bad about Asian people. I don't care if it was a joke. Let's get him now yeah. so he doesn't become well, president. No, you know what's interesting? Because it started before that. It started during Obama when there was this fiction that like, oh, we fixed everything. The world yeah, yeah. is great. It's time. We fixed the 80%. Now it's time to go after the 20%. And I feel like that's where it really got its power from was that mm. like people felt like so much progress was happening that we taking care of the big stuff like yeah. Roe v. Wade was saved, you know, blah, blah. So we can go after comedians because now we've got to get like basically microaggressions. That's when, when yeah. that term got made up. I thought Trump being elected would make everyone fucking calm down because they're like, oh, my God, basic human rights. And you don't make people calm like, down. 
Yeah, like I thought people would be, not or come down to a comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd be like, oh, because everything oh, else is more important. I have some actual shit to take yeah, care yeah, yeah, of yeah, right yeah, yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. that will in fact impact people's lives more than some fucking haha thing this guy said, but they didn't. Do you realize that when George W. was president, Comedy Central had two, maybe three different shows parodying him? Because like, he, he was an idiot and everyone was like, yeah, you liked it or you didn't. I mean, Comedy Central had programming based around the president being dumb. Yeah. And now it's like you say, oh, the president's an idiot. Fucking riots break out. I think the difference was because they, uh, do, have, they do have two two different shows about that. They do. Have, they got, Trump, got Trump presidents. But I think like I say everybody's just raw. You know what I mean? But I think it's great. I think it's more people who are paying attention. Uh, people are fighting back like. People are going to listen to that podcast even more mm-hmm. because you can't. Say, it's, it's scary to say. It's scary almost. It's like it's like it's like weed when weed was illegal. It's like scary. Like you're smoking weed. Like everybody wants to be a part of it. Podcast guys are one of the last places you can say whatever you you want and grow and blick. Joe Rogan and Schultz's and and and, uh, and you Santino. Those guys are selling out, doing better, bigger shows because people are like no, we just we're still here, and that's the majority of the country. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the people with the, the the rawest, most sensitive emotions kind of have more input in what's what gets on TV, what gets out in the media. Well, let me let me ask you this, and then maybe we'll lighten it up a little bit. Uh, this is this is this is hard. This is tough. Uh, well, no, I was gonna you know maybe talk talk silly stuff, but you know, okay. Well, well, let me ask you this: Do you think? Let's. So you're a comic who you know lives on the edge and says some wild shit and whatever. Do I? No, not you. I'm saying in general. Okay. Okay. Like oh, you're like, you're oh, like like this is our hypothetical person. Like hypothetical comic, is, you know, they do they do rape jokes. They do jokes about abortion. They do you know racial jokes, and they're wildly popular and they're funny jokes. Yeah. Okay, not for everybody, but they're funny. Whatever. But then a group of their fans latched their hate. On to that comic. Do you think it's a comic's responsibility to be like, yo, no, that's not, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. You know, they're just jokes. Don't, you're not, I don't want you to go beat somebody up because of a joke I made. Like, do you think they're responsible for that? Or do you think, do you think like if my fans went to go beat you up because I made a joke? Because you, you criticized my joke. Yeah, okay, like, so, yeah, like use Nick's, tw- like in Twits, Nick's, Nick's fake Twitter thing, but let's say it was real. And like, yeah, your fans all of a sudden were like, Oh, I'm like, here's Nick Angelo's home address. Go send him a pipe bomb. Oh, no, that's never okay. Yeah. But that's do you the, think the comic has a responsibility to be like, yo, I, knock that shit off? I think if your fans are going to get violent. Yeah. Of course not. If your fans are going to attack somebody on Twitter, you can't control that. That's your, They're going to do that, whatever. But no, violence, never. Never a violent thing, ever. Ever. That's not even a question. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that was the thing about my, um, my, my good friend James Davis. What happened with uh, Dina. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Whereas, uh, but people assume James started this thing. It's like, no, James didn't start that. XX Tentacion had already had fans who were crazy. And they, Comedy Central posted it um, on the thing and her and their fans went in. James was just one of the fans who added to it, which like I told my brother, but I told him, I said, man, I, I, I didn't agree with that. You know what I mean? We, we had a conversation about it. It's my brother. He's still my guy. But we can disagree. Like, like he likes Kobe Bryant. I like uh, LeBron, right? But they assume those fans, people. So a lot of comics, especially in New York, were mad at James. Like he started that whole beef. No, she was already getting attacked. He just added to it. Now, if you're mad at him for, like I said, comics called on other comics, I'm not really with that. But he didn't start that stuff. So it wasn't his place to tell people to stop. He didn't control the mob. The mob were fans of XX and Tacion because he's a platinum artist that died. 
You know what I'm saying? So um, if you have, like, Rogan has a rabid fan base. Mm-hmm. If Rogan said, go attack this guy, his fans will go do it. Yeah. Rogan has a responsibility because his fans are crazies. You know what I'm saying? If you say something bad about me and my fans hit you on Twitter and say, you're whack, you're whatever, blah. It's Twitter. Like yeah. you go. I'm not. I'm not against cyberbullying. People deserve that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> people deserve to be cyberbullied. So, there's some bad people out here, man. No, I, to, I agree. Cyberbullying is totally okay with me. But when it comes to physical violence, no, that's never okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want nobody coming at me after the show. Yeah. I do think though too. Like sometimes, it whether it's the comics' responsibility or not, they no longer have the ability to do. Do you know what I mean? Like. Definitely thinking about becomes, going back to Death Squad, Skanks fans, uh, some of Schultz's fans, you know, like people who like the Kumia network, like all that stuff. Like there becomes uh, this culture in the fandom yeah. that even though it exists because of whatever the artist is they're into or whatever the thing is, it starts to take on a life of its, its own. Like Bernie Bros. Yeah. And they start to have their own sort of weird little power insular structure to a point where like. You know, uh, like there was that whole situation with uh, Kate Willett and Gino and Berg about a year ago, and I didn't really agree with the way they handled it, but also their fans are fucking wild animals. Uh, And I saw what was happening. I was like, oh, there's nothing these guys can do at this point. Like this has become their own little in joke. Mm -hmm. And like if like whether Gino or Aaron was like, guys, calm down. Like at that point, it would almost be like they'd turn on them and be like, exactly. oh, no, this is our thing. It sure it started with you, but it, it's like it's like fans of like Marvel stuff who are like, oh, no, like Captain Marvel is my character and she's got to do these things or it'll make me upset. Yeah. And, and, and listen, let's be honest. A lot of thing about the podcast is that uh, certain types of people are uh, attached to these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying uh, all Joe Rogan's fans are racist assholes, but it's it's a significant portion of them that are racist assholes. You you can just look at the the comments and look what they send in. You know what I'm saying? And I think the, I think Joe knows that. You know, Skankfest. Most of those guys just raw fun guys, crazy drinkers, whatever. But there's a portion that'll end up being not even racist, just assholes. Mm-hmm. There's an asshole element to saying what you want. Yeah, I even have to recognize that because I say what I want. Is that I don't give a fuck. So I don't give a fuck people. There's a small element of assholism who are just going to attack you. You know, read when a, when a woman goes on Joe Rogan's podcast. If she has an opinion that might not be as popular, it's straight to, I want to rape you, you're a cunt. You know what I mean? It goes straight to that instead of saying, I disagree with you, you're wrong. That's a stupid opinion. Yeah. It goes to violence and you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's an element of that in a lot of these fan bases that are going to do what they want anyway. I'm sure, you know, I don't know the Skankfest guys, but I, I know that they don't, want you to attack women. I know Joe Rogan doesn't want you to, you know what I'm saying? But there are elements, like she said, are going to create their own little group and be like, fucking anyway. Yeah, there's like a belonging and like it's like a wild animal, like pack mentality. Yeah. Like it's in your lizard brain. It's really hard to stop. Yeah. Like once it's kind of, you know, become that way. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I agree with all that. I, just, I mean, basically my question though is like, when does the comic who sees that have to come in and be like, I'd rather you not be my fan than post this when bullshit. It comes to, when it comes to violence, you know? Well, but, like, I'm, but I'm saying, too, is, like, sometimes you can't do that. It's not even a question of, like, oh, am I risking my fans and, and having these people? It's like, oh, you, you can't stop they, it. They don't, not, they don't have the power. The momentum is already going. I guess I'm, you, you don't have the reins anymore. I would say almost not even for the safety of other people. It's just to cover your own ass. 
basically because it's like if i have let's say this podcast becomes huge and all of a sudden we got a weird sector of people who go out and start beating up baltimore ravens fans because they know i like the steelers and at one point i gotta be like yo knock that shit off this is just for fun now, if you keep on beating up Baltimore Ravens fans, I don't give a fuck, but I at least covered my ass. Well, that's, a, that's just disturbing people, though. Yeah. The common sense people aren't going to do that. The disturbed people who you help inspire, which we do motivate, they're going to do that. Like, real shit. I really believe this. This might be crazy to say. I don't believe Trump believes half the shit he says. Oh, I, I no, 100%. 100%. I don't, right. I don't, I don't think, think anyone I think disagrees with that. I think, but I, people are like, no, he's a fucking whatever. I think we, in fact, Trump, Amy, I think we might be able to get Rel to argue his own point right now. <laughs> but I don't think Trump believes that. Sh- I think he, because he, he had to come up with everybody. He had to do business with everybody. Everybody, everybody says the same thing. Before he was president, he was a great host. He was cool. He was funny. He was charming. You know what I'm saying? Either he says stuff to get people riled up. But the people that get riled up, are a lot of dickhead people mm-hmm. who are going to do and react and you know you know um um people have been hurt more of, of different races yeah because you know what i'm saying so i think that that's what i'm saying it's the all podcasters trump and it's the all fans, work it's you know all work yeah so yeah it is what it is all right well we maybe we don't have to talk about trump no much so much anymore and uh all, all this all this he's bullshit. a great example no it's perfect i mean it's a perfect example i mean but it's, he also, it's, um, he's it's a perfect example of what you were saying too where there is when he says this wild shit, I mean, some of it is I just think he's got some issues and gets very angry when he doesn't get his way. But there's definitely like some racial things and some whatever where there's the beginning is there's real people who actually feel this way. And he knows if he panders to them, he can cynically play them to get what he wants. But then also then the perception becomes reality of like he's like fomenting more people to feel more comfortable mm-hmm. doing this thing. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Good point. So he might not believe it, but other people definitely That's the kind of fan base you want, though. They're loyal. Yeah. They are very <laughs> yeah, loyal. Very loyal. That's a good point. They're yeah. loyal. Uh, Rel, first time me and you met, it was the Connecticut Comedy Festival in the green room, and you and I talked for about a good hour. Of Did just, we? Yes. Thank you for remembering. I don't remember any of this. Uh, <laughs> We talked for a good oh, hour. We, we were talking just- some drinks that day, which we is were a just, rare We were just uh, talking TV about you know because it was this the ending of game of thrones i think it was and it's like yo this is like a cultural thing blah 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 and we start talking and me and you start talking about the fresh prince okay because both big fans and we talked about the fresh prince for a while so i wanted to ask you wow uh they're rebooting the fresh prince is that true i don't know you got your ear to the ground in hollywood uh if they are i don't know much about it oh no i heard something that they might do with a female Really? That's the, that's the room I heard. I know that there was a drama one they wanted to do, and then I, know, I remember they wanted to change it to a female uh, as a Fresh Prince, but I don't, I can't speak on that. I'm not at least sure, clearly sure. That's the rumor I heard. Have you ever heard the fan theory that this is? Here we go. Have you ever heard the fan theory that the Fresh Prince he actually died in that fight in West Philadelphia, and that Bel Air is heaven? No, I never heard that shit. It's like some deep allegory <laughs> yeah, shit. I don't think for I, just a fun little sitcom. Just, that we just I, I'm gonna be Hollywood with. right now and, and and be like, I have a relationship with, with Will, a working relationship, and I've that's never been a yeah. thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to kill conspiracy theorists out there, but does he does he even know that exists? Well, wouldn't he have to be a part of it? Like, wouldn't he have to be? <laughs> he's the show. Like, wouldn't he? Wouldn't have to be? Something that he would know, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying I buy it, but like, uh, it's it's out there. It's like a, it's a fan theory. So, like, nigga got killed uh, in the streets, and that's the th- no, that's not who who 
thinks of that. <laughs> I mean, so what? So what? Uh, uh, a white suburban life is heaven to a, a, a black dude from Philly. <laughs> yes, apparently, like it's the- getting uh, having a dad at home. That's. Having an uncle who's a judge, that's heaven for us. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's all we want is a, is a responsible two-parent household. <laughs> and that's heaven. <laughs> oh, man. What? I get a meal every day in a butler? Yep. I get to live in California? <laughs> I get to leave my projects in Philly to live in a nice house in Cali. That's all I want. Fuck the wings. That's I, heaven. I want three meals a day. Get out of here. That's Because yeah. I think it's, this whole theory was based off just the intro. Like no one ever watched an episode, and like when he shows up in the cab, yeah, it's like the po- supposed to be like the pearly gates. Okay, and then he like knocks on the door and is like, "Hey, yeah, I'm it's here." Just a gated community, yo. What's yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of them. A lot of them. That's that's all Bel Air is. You have a working relationship with Will yes, Smith. I do. Can you can you talk about that or is that I like- just I just help write stuff. Yeah, you know, we just write. Um, he does a lot of uh, projects, and he needs he likes comedic punch ups. Yeah, so we we get we get together and we we work on stuff like that. That's but he's he's so do so funny, like he's naturally funny that he doesn't really need me. But I don't want to tell him that because like, <laughs> like getting paid. Don't listen to <laughs> podcast, That's awesome. Well. <laughs> don't yeah. listen. He won't. Trust me, he won't. I know. That guy's in. He's in Brunei somewhere, ice floating on a cloud. He's that guy's like evil Knievel. Yeah. I don't know anything you just said. I don't know where that Brunei is or is what in that is. Middle East. Please. Ice uh, floating? I don't know what ice floating is. He just is. does cra- He just like, you know how Tom Cruise does stuff, all his stunts in his own movies? Will does all that in real life. Like he does, he just. It's not for a movie, just does it. He just like. He, he's just like an adrenaline He's a junkie. guy that loves life. Yeah. Fully loves life. He just wants to do things. You know that saying? is that is a crazy thing though about Will Smith is he is like one of the most charismatic humans Easily. on the fucking planet. He, that like that Gemini Man movie, which is like kind of doing like okay but not great. I'm like, how do you fuck up having two Will Smiths in your movie at the same time? I mean, yeah. like, I'll say this and tell him I said this. Uh, yeah. I, think I like the movie. I think he's one of, and this is not, not even so much movies, but I think he's one of the most underrated figures in hip hop. What he did for hip hop music is. It gets so underappreciated. I think what he did, I think what pro, I, see, I see what you're saying. I think the reason is he came on the cusp of hip hop changing. When Will first, when Will was coming in, it was it was uh, it was Tribe Called Quest. It was you know all this kind of fun kind of rap, kind of fun goofy kind of rap. And Will silly kind of not silly but Run DMC just fun. Biz Marquee. Biz Marquee. Yeah. He came on in the cusp of that. You understand when he dropped, what came next? N.W.A. Mm-hmm. A lot of rock him shit. It was a lot of this hardcore West Coast. You know what I'm saying? So it just didn't fit at the time. And so it was just like, uh oh, I'm surrounded by Dr. Dre and all these, and I'm singing about my parents don't understand it. You forget he was also 17. Yeah. So it just was a bad time. He ended up winning at Grammy too. First ever. First ever. First ever Grammy in hip hop. Uh, and he that he, wasn't Aaron. He boycotted. He brought he brought hip hop culture in the living rooms of white America. I won't say that, but I'm yeah. glad, but but uh, I will give that more to Run DMC. But that's not the point. The point is he came in that cusp. And uh, not it, musically though, with the TV show. Yeah, Run DMC didn't. Oh, okay, I can argue that. I yeah, argue that. I'm just saying him in general, like as a, a figure. That's oh, what no, I don't want to say like 100%. as an MC. Okay, 100. percent Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But yeah. even still, even still, as an MC, he was he was all right. And then when he came out with Willennium, can't tell me no one was. Everyone was getting jiggy with it. Everybody like that mm. was a right, good album. You, I'm not gonna argue this. Sometimes I don't want to shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just like, and he. I don't think he gets the love. 
I don't think I he think, gets the I, love. I mean, he does. He's still Will Smith. Like at the end of the day, yeah, but he's Will Smith because he's Will Smith. But like as a as a as a hip hop artist, when you're worth the Fresh Prince, when you're worth five hundred million, you're the most rec- one of the most recognizable faces on the planet. What, what? What? How much bigger could he be? People could recognize him as one of the greatest hip hop figures of all time. I mean, you know, you're the you're the biggest movie star. Yeah, ever, arguably, you know, is is he? I kind of think he. I that's, don't. That's like you being like. Well, okay, I can only think of like people who are bad and not good, but you know, like George George W. or like Churchill. Okay, Churchill, great, great historical figure. Also, turns out not a bad painter. But you know what? We don't need to talk about the painting. Yeah, he was fucking Winston Churchill, and he yeah. won World War Two. Exactly. Will Smith has won World War Two. He had some fun songs on the radio. Bad timing. Also, that's what made him famous, so that we could all have him win. World War Two metaphor exactly. speaking in Hollywood. <laughs> not, not, for, not for a look back. But Will Will's the kind of guy that he would have if he would have been a um he could have ran for president, he could have been a football star. Anything he would have put his mind to. He's that kind of guy. Anything he would have put his mind to, he would have accomplished. Cause he just he just you know you say that you get that glow with certain people. Mm-hmm. That guy walks in the room, it's just like he is the room. And he knows it. And it's like a it's a quiet confidence, but it's just like you just want to be around that dude. So like everything people say about him, he he completely is. I have no I have no um uh, I, like I totally as soon as I met him I was like I, okay I get it I totally get it yeah you know what I'm saying and then it, he's 6'2 it's imposing he's a good looking you know what I'm saying just everything the package is there to be like this guy's a star and I've only felt that with him maybe like Kevin Hart you know what I'm saying like people yeah. even around so I'm, I'm assuming The Rock's probably the same way I was thinking that too like The Rock is probably rock, but, yeah you know who else is low-key crazy charming but I'm only thinking about this because of the dual thing Winston Paul Churchill Rudd. no I mean Winston Churchill's like the greatest yeah. man but uh paul rudd's got that show on netflix now where there's two paul rudds yeah and i'm like it's also like it's weird i can't decide if i like it. i haven't decided if i like it or not uh to me it's a little bit like bro russian doll i, ha- I haven't okay. seen it yet uh but it also is like you just get to have two paul rudds all the time this is great what a yeah. great idea let's just make double movies yeah. of everyone we love let's have two the rocks in the next movie let's have two jason <coughs> momoas you know certain people just charismatic man so they just got it, bro. I think I think Matt's like that too. Matt Richards, I think he's just oh, like. Yeah. I was thinking that I, I wasn't going to throw his name out there. On the guys yeah, in the Matt, people that we know, Matt's like yeah. Matt goes in the room and it's just yeah, it's his room. He, he's a winner. He yeah. light he lights up the room. He's just cool. I get too tired. I can't do all that every day. I'm like I'm that. I got meetings. Like I got something. Matt's like naturally just natural well, that's, energy. That's uh you know that like, I I explain this to people too. It's like you know it's turning it on, turning it off. Like I you know I've been. Uh, I've done comedy. I've done DJing. I've done MCs. I, you know, I've hosted these things. And it's like when I walk in a room and I gotta turn it on, yeah. I'm on. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I just want to fucking turn it off. Like, yeah. leave me alone. Don't. Uh. Some people. That's Matt, who they are. Matt yeah. is always on, and not like in a bad way. Yeah, not in that annoying. That's who he way. Not is. Like, 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 like he's, turn it off. Like not in that like open micer. I'm constantly trying to impress you with my jokes. Kind of on. Matt's just that dude all yeah. the time. Like I've been on the road with him. He stayed in my house in L.A. on the couch. Like he's just. A, that's just who he is. We're talking about Matt Richards, by the way, for the yeah. listeners. Uh, but what what's what's going on, Rel? You got anything coming up in the in the works in the uh, pipeline? I went to this New York comedy club party tonight, and then I got a flight tomorrow morning. I'm going back to L.A. I got a uh, we're shooting. Will's doing a a comedy thing. We're doing like a comedy uh, special. He's doing like a not a special, but he's doing like a he's hosting a comedy event that's going to be filmed for. Uh, I can't say the network yet because okay? <laughs> I don't really know. But uh, myself and about eight other comics are going to be on it. Some very funny guys that you guys know, and um, uh, we're filming that uh, in on November 11th in Vegas. 
Oh. And uh, we're going to film it, and then we're going to chill with Will and just cut little parts with that. And then uh, I got to go on the road to San Diego, and I'm going to come back to New York probably early December or something like that. Great. Yeah. We're looking forward to having you at the club. I love I love coming. That's why I'm coming back early. I, just, I don't want to leave yet. I have to go, but I don't want to leave yet. Where, where do you stay when you're in New York? I'll On my couch. Amy's couch. Amy. I'll couch. Stay, I'll couch. Amy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, it's what I'm like used to. It's 2009. What it is is what just it is. setting up arguments <laughs> with Robbie. Like, ah! We, we actually <laughs> even said that the other She goes, On the one hand, it's like, wait, why is Rail staying on your couch? He's got money. But on the other hand, it's like, Good on him, not just being one of those guys that like gotten a little success and throws it all away. I get I get that all the time, right? Because I like I have, I have two. Roommates. I mean, I made fun of you because you took the bus to see your mom last time you were here. Did I? Or maybe this was like two or three times ago. But you took the bus, and I was two, like, two take the train at least. Two man. reasons, right? <laughs> at least the train. Two two reasons, right? Honestly, it's like I tell people all the time. I would probably be over her house with Robbie and them anyway. Yes, yeah, all the time. They're my friends. They're like my LA, my LA friends who came. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just. Ain't up hanging. I'm, I'm used to. I'm used to everybody. I live with Amy. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm comfortable there. They let me. They don't. They, they always. They let me. They go like, right, whatever. Yeah. But more importantly is that I remember how hard it was. How broke I was. I stayed on Amy's couch when I was really had nothing. So it's like I don't feel the need to spend money on a lot of crazy stuff. And it's like I'm gonna be over there anyway. I don't really mind. And then I go for like a week and I will go get an Airbnb or whatever. But I'm not. I, I never. I have a car. I never was one of those people that needed to spend a lot of. The, I buy shoes and I go. I go on nice vacations, but I don't really. I don't really desire a lot of shit money financially wise. I just like telling jokes and shit. I don't really, I can't think of anything I really want. I have a, I have a nice house in LA with two roommates, two dogs. You know, it's a big ass place, but I don't really, I don't really desire a lot of shit. Maybe if I have kids, I want more. Yeah. I, really, I just want to do, that's what I don't know. Yeah. Having, having your own space, especially after living in New York for so long, that's like you said, that's really all I want. Yeah, my you own space. I like waking up and then Amy will come out and something be going on. She be pissed and off. I kind of yeah. I she'll be, weirdly she be pissed off about something. I'm like, talk to me, boo. Yeah, I weirdly enjoy it. Like Lee is like <laughs> when I was talking to Lee about it. I've talked to other people about it. It's like how I ended up living with you in the first place. It's like Tony had been living with me for a while. He finally got his own place. Uh, and at first, I was like, fuck yeah, got my got my apartment back. This is great. Like I never would have been like Tony, get the fuck out of here. But it was you know like it's like just nice to be like oh there's not going to be like dan yeah. and matt at my house when i get home if i don't want them to be there or blah 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 and then like about three months later i was like oh man it is quiet mm -hmm. in my house all of I the was time like, Ames, what you doing and then <laughs> yeah rel had a little housing situation fall through and i was like please come live with me i need someone to be muttering and pacing around my living room when i wake up in but, the morning but maybe i'm a comic and so i just naturally need to be around people i don't know maybe yeah. it's like a, a psychological thing that i need to I know that feeling. Yeah. I When I moved here from Pittsburgh about, I don't know, 10 years ago, uh, it was me and two other comics from Pittsburgh. We all yeah. moved together. And oh, no. it was, you know, there was definitely its downs. But the ups were just like you're sitting in a room, just doing what everyone else is doing on a Sunday night, watching TV. And yet you're still like, it's it's like you're right. You're not writing because you don't have your pen and pad out there. But like everything you're saying could turn into a joke. Like there's there's taglines that's being thrown around just from doing everything that everyone else is doing, and that that's fun. And I still live with one of those guys, and we're sitting around on a Wednesday night watching wrestling, jokes, just jokes yeah, coming, jokes yeah. coming. Oh, yeah, people ask me, people say, why are you still on the couch? Why are you still live with roommates? It's like I don't, I just don't care. I don't really care. I don't think about it. I don't know. I just whatever works for you, man. I should have got a car a long time ago, but eh, I'm cool with Uber. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, Uber's changed the game with the with buying yeah. cars. Yeah. So and I don't know if that's unless actually, you're driving an Uber and yeah. then you have to buy a car, but 
Yeah, so I don't know. Or a helicopter. That's a new thing. You guys know that? Oh Uber's God. getting into the helicopter business? Oh, That's I heard a, a horrific review of their first copter ride, actually. That's crazy. But whatever. There's no fucking way am I taking that. Uh, the, 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 it's a real helicopter. The yeah, Uber pilot kept trying to talk to me. Like, what? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> no, that was the one upside of the entire review was that it's so loud that. Oh, Emilio Savone right, just walked Kramer. in. Emilio know, just right? Kramered in the room. Emilio Savone just Kramered in the room. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it well, up. Well, Tommy's gone now because you just mashed him with the door. Oh my God, Scott! Right. We're gonna we're gonna end this show we're done. thirty we're, seconds ago. Thanks, guys. It's a good call. It's been a good episode. Thanks for coming in, real. All right. Thank you bye bye. Me, I always wear the hat, babe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to This Is Not a Green Room. We are available wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, as well as the Laughable app. And wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe and give us a five star rating so that other people can find us and love us too. You can find us online at Not a Green Room on Instagram and Twitter. And you can check out the club at New York Comedy on Twitter and NY Comedy Club on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>